Hallelujah. Let's turn our, our Bible to the book of Exodus chapter 4. Today God has given me a message on what is in your hand. What is in your hand. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 4. This, it builds from the story of Moses of course. As Moses was uh, trying to argue with God concerning his calling. And uh, God will help us to catch something, of course, for our own benefit and to benefit others. Praise the Lord. So verse 1, very quickly, I will read a few, a few verses. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Of course, those who are familiar with the story of Moses know that this is a conversation that started in chapter 3. And therefore, it continues, and Moses is uh, still trying to bargain out of what God wants him to do. And he's asking God, suppose they do not believe me or listen to my voice, and suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And God said, what is in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. In some of the translations, of course, it says a staff. And he said, cast it down on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And as he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of, your, of, of their fathers the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to Moses, put your hand in your bosom, and he put it in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, and drew it out and out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like his other flesh. And the Bible says God continues to talk to Moses. Then he says, then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they will believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even those two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Let's stop at this point, but we'll touch a few other verses. Praise the Lord. So, very quickly, this is a, a conversation that started in chapter 3, like I said. I, I actually got this message in a very interesting way, because uh, I was actually meditating on... Um, the scripture in John chapter 6, where Jesus fed the 5,000 5, men. Of course, when you add men, children, and their mothers, or women and children, you are likely to be talking about uh, 20,000 people. Because uh, the Jewish culture, you talk about the men, you count the men, but the others you can just imagine based on the ratios, of course, of men to the other numbers. And uh, the conversation was very interesting because Jesus told the disciples 
The disciples actually told Jesus the people are hungry. They, in some of the other Gospels, he says the people are hungry. Please uh, release them so that they go to their homes. And Jesus turns to them and he says, uh, it is you to feed them. Okay? And uh, this one, for this one, it is very interesting. With about 20,000 hungry mouths and only five loaves and two fish. Of course, the Bible says five loaves of barley and two fish. You can imagine trying to feed 20,000 people. And uh, imagine these are families, they are not the families of the disciples. They are people, the multitudes. 20,000 of them. And Jesus Christ wants you to feed them. And then, uh, of course, two of the disciples were a bit shocked when Jesus insisted that they have to feed them. And Philip answered him in verse 7 of John 6. And he says, it will take more than 200 denarii, which is the equivalent of half a year's wage. You can imagine that. Half a year's wage. Jesus Christ wants you to expend it at one go. To feed people you don't even know personally. And to, to Philip, it looked like a tall order. I think that's the story that the message is giving back to Jesus Christ. And another disciple, of course, they says, uh, of course, Andrew, uh, Simon, Peter, uh, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he said, there is a boy with two small fish and five loaves of bread. And then he is asking Jesus Christ, but how far anyway will they go among so many people? And I think many times we are caught up in such a disparate uh, state of affairs. I have, I think, many times been caught up in uh, uh, such a stupid uh, situation. It's very, it's very confusing. God is saying this, and you know God is actually saying it. And then, to you, it looks impossible. And I would have said, perhaps like Peter, or like, like Philip, or even like Andrew, ask Jesus, now you want us to feed so many people. How far do you think what we have can go? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! And one of the thoughts that came to my mind as I was meditating, uh, meditating upon these scriptures is I asked myself, suppose this young boy, you know, actually this was somebody's packed lunch or packed dinner, whatever it is. It was a packed meal, perhaps by the mother because the mother was a careful mother. And she did not want her son to suffer hunger as she went, he went, he went about following the multitudes and listening to Jesus Christ and observing what Jesus was doing. And you can imagine if this boy said, my mother did not tell me to share my two fish and five loaves of bread with anybody. And, or, or perhaps ask an, a different question. A, 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 very, uh, a, 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 a very, of course, a, uh, agreeable question. If I give the two fish and the five loaves of bread, what will I do when dinner time comes? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And this is it. The boy decided to share what was in his hand with the rest of the people. And the moment he gave it out to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ multiplied, in, uh, multiplied it in such a way that it was able to feed the over 20 people, 20,000 people, or 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And there was still a remainder. Baskets were collected of the remainder out of only five loaves of bread. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what God can do. And the Lord this morning is asking each one of us, what is it that is in your hand? Praise the Lord. 
We know also how Moses was called so that as we continue with the conversation, then we understand the background a bit. Moses was looking after his father-in-law's goats or sheep. And as he was in the field in a place called Midian or in the country of Midian. Midian actually means strife or a place of strife. And perhaps God this morning is speaking to somebody who is in a place of strife. Striving over something. Striving over something. Or fighting an inner battle. And not knowing which way it would go because things are not as certain, certain as people would expect them to be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm pointing out this because uh, I think the story of Moses is a very old story. He is called in a place of strife. And God tells him, he sees the burning bush. And the Bible says, he, when he saw the burning bush, Moses said to himself, I see this bush is burning, but it's lit. But it's not burning, it doesn't seem to be burning. And he said, let me grow close so that I can see why the bush is not burning. And it is at that stage that God noted that Moses had taken interest in what was happening with the burning bush. And the Bible says, God decided to talk to Moses at that point. My point is, many times of course, and I was sharing this with Pastor Richard just casually the other day. And I shared it with some other brethren, at least very casually. Moses had to create interest to see what was happening, or what was such, so special. The mystery of a bush with fire, but it doesn't seem to be consumed. And it is at that stage that God decided to speak to him. And perhaps there are things that God is doing in our lives. And we need to take note and draw near so that God can speak to us. Praise the Lord. It's at that stage that God told him, Moses, the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. Please remove your feet, your, your shoes from your feet. And God started now this conversation with Moses, which is culminated to the scriptures or to the verses that we have read in chapter 4. And like many of us, Moses, as God tells him, I am sending you to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was known to be a ruthless ruler of those days. A very hard man. That's the, that's the, those are the descriptions I used to hear in my Sunday school days. Very hard-hearted. Praise the Lord. And Moses is being told by God, you are the one who, has, who is going to deliver my people because I have heard their cry from the oppression of the Egyptians. And it is you I am appointing to go and uh, deliver them from the strong hand of Pharaoh. And Moses, like many of us, really feels like uh, it, it cannot be me. God must be looking at somebody behind me and not me. Just like when God spoke to Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6. And the angel of the Lord comes, he finds Gideon. Gideon is actually hiding from the Midianites. He's hiding from the Amorites. And he's actually threshing his wheat inside the, the wine press. And actually the Bible says he was doing that so that he can make whatever he can. They eat with, the, with his family. And perhaps they die. You don't know what would happen because it was a bad time. They were under terrible oppression. Of course, they were like refugees in the land of the, the Midianites. But then they were being oppressed by the Amorites. 
And God, the angel of the Lord calls him mighty man of valor. And, uh, mighty, mighty man of valor. Or oh, mighty man of war, if you may. And Mo- Gideon does not believe God is speaking to him. The same story replicates itself, of course, with respect to, to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, the Bible talks about uh, God, of course, uh, speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And Jeremiah is arguing with God just like Moses. He says, you know, it cannot be me. It cannot be me. I actually am not eloquent in speech. Just like Moses, I'm a stammerer. And he says, Jeremiah adds another, another, another rider. He says, I'm only a child. Many times that's what we tell God. I actually, I'm not ex- experienced as so and so. I think God must be thinking about so and so because we pray together and I know what he can do and I cannot do it. Those are the things we tell God. Praise the Lord. But God is not interested in what we see in other people. He's actually interested in what he knows is already in your hands. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, as Moses argued with God, God almost became hungry with him. I'm uh, angry with him. I'm using my own word because actually the Bible says God was annoyed with him because he saw a bit of foolishness on the side of Moses that Moses could not understand even after God describes himself to Moses. And Moses is supposed to uh, perhaps... Uh, immediately start understanding that it's the God of Abraham, the God of all creation, the God of all power, Jehovah, Elohim, Jehovah, Jehovah El Shaddai, the God of the valley, the God of the mountain. And therefore, if he's that God, anything that he says is possible, praise the Lord. And this is the stage that God tells Moses, what is in your hand? And God is asking each one of us this morning, what is it that is in our hands? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Moses says it's a rod and God tells him, please throw it on the, uh, to the ground. And Moses throws it to the ground, he turns to a snake. And then when he turns to a snake, God tells him, now stretch your hand and hold it. And surprisingly, the same Moses who is so scared of the mission that God is uh, sending to, sending him to. He agrees to stretch his hand and pick the snake by the tail. Uh, did you get that, uh, that contradiction? He is scared of everything else. But when God tells him, Throw, stretch your hand and pick the snake by the tail, he actually does that. We can give credit, uh, some credit to Moses. Of course, sometimes we, we talk so negatively about Moses. But I think Moses is the only person in the Bible that God describes as speaking to him face by face. Face by face. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Perhaps he learned the, the, the hard way until he started speaking to God face by face. But you see, it's starting already with the burning bush. Praise the Lord. And when he picks it, it becomes... It's tough again. And God told, tells him, put your hand in your bosom. And puts his hand in his bottom. He, takes, he tells him, remove it. And he takes the hand out. It's already white with leprosy. And Moses must have been scared to death. You can imagine you are speaking to God. And God tells you, put your hand in your bosom. And then you do it. And you remove it. It is full of leprosy. And God tells him, put it back and your bosom and he does it and comes out he tells him remove it it comes out healed 
perfect just like God had made it. Praise the Lord. God continually tells him, if Pharaoh cannot fear or tremble at the first sign, perhaps you listen to this, you will be scared or you will be obedient at the second sign. And even if he does not, of course, obey my voice through you, through the second sign, you will go to the river, the river Nile of course, draw some water, pour it on the dry land, it will turn into blood. And we know all those stories, those miracles God had to perform before Pharaoh could release the children of Israel. Praise the Lord. It requires sometimes some of the things that God wants us to do. Require a lot of courage. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, sometimes God shows us signs and we not pick them. Me, I picked that sign and I thought God is telling me something. That sometimes you are given something, it's in your hand. And then you start wondering what to do with it. Instead of taking advantage and doing that, exactly what you would want God to do for you. You know, he just prayed exactly what he wanted God to do for him. To bless his balloons even as they go to buy them. Did you hear? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And therefore, God is asking us what is in your hand. And you see, God knows what he has put in your hand. Because he is a creator. He is the one who gives gifts to men. According to Ephesians 4. It says to some, he gives gifts to men. And to some, he gave to be apostles. Some to be prophets. Some to be evangelists. Some to be pastors. And some to be teachers. And Ephesians 4 does not have a category of people who have been given nothing. Get it? Are you getting this? So everyone has got something that God has placed in their hands. That includes you and me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Just as we continue, I wanted us to ask ourselves, what is so special about the staff or about the road that Moses was being taught to throw down? Because we need to understand why we need to throw that which we are holding down for the Lord to make it His. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, a staff represented somebody's calling. So when somebody is being released to become a shepherd, they would be given a staff. And it would be treated so that it can survive throughout its lifetime. It's like when you lose your staff, it's like losing your calling. It's like losing your vocation. And the staff was everything in those days. Because when an important event happens to the person whose staff it is, then they would cut a notch, a sign on the staff. All their history would be inscribed on the staff by his own signature. They would put signs, you know, this means uh, when my firstborn is, you know, was given. This means I had a secondborn, I got married, I got promoted at work, I met an enemy, I fought him, and I overcame him. It would all be recorded in the staff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, the staff, the staff actually represented all the important events and dates. In the life of the person who owns it. Praise the Lord. The staff was therefore representative of one's work and one's authority. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The original Hebrew word was mate. 
and it appears in the Bible in the Old Testament only. In the Old Testament, 250 times. It equates one staff to their spiritual power, their rank, their honor, and their authority. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And therefore, Moses had to toss down that which he valued because it is what was representative of his calling as a shepherd. It is what was representative of his authority as a shepherd and as a man in his, you see, amidst other men or amidst other Jews, other Hebrews that were, other, other, other Hebrew men that were, of course, in captivity in Egypt. This was the, all what described who Moses was what Moses was, what Moses had been called to do, what Moses had already accomplished amongst what God had called him to do or what God has predestined for him. And of course, even the remaining part that God had talk, spoken prophetically about him and that he had not yet been accomplished. I'm putting my own words. This you are not going to find in the scriptures. Praise the Lord. So you are staff. It's whatever you value most. It's what describes you. It could be your job. It could be whatever other vocation that you value. This, <coughs> this is the thing that God is asking us. What is it in our hands? And the next time when we identify what we are holding in our hands, God wants us to throw it down on the ground. Praise the Lord. Because throwing it down on the ground is surrendering it. He's saying, I have tried to do so many things with this stuff. I've tried to do so many things with my job. I've tried to do so many things with my wealth. I've tried to do so many things with my anointing. Praise the Lord. But I have not accomplished what I thought I would accomplish. Now I need to throw it down. Do you know what the Bible says in chapter 4 later? The Bible says, as Moses left, he, 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 he picked his, his sons and his wife and he put it on the back of a, a donkey. And he also picked the staff. This time he does not call it the staff of Moses. He says the staff of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? When we toss it down, God converts it, down, converts it to his own staff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He converts it to his own staff. And therefore God is telling Moses, with this staff you will be able to convince Pharaoh. To soften his heart. You will be able to perform great miracles. So that Pharaoh will be scared to death. And he is bound to release my children from captivity. Praise the Lord. It is only after we toss it down. When God now says you can pick it up. It's no longer your staff. It is the staff of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that is why then it performs miracles for you. It opens doors. It is able to bring water out of a rock in a desert place. That is exactly what Moses did twice. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. It is the staff because now it has become the staff of God. It is the staff that can part your Red Sea. Whatever is preventing your progress in the ministry, in your business, in your workplace, in your employment, even with your family, it is the staff that will break Break open the salvation of your family in Jesus' name. But you have to surrender it first to the Lord 
so that it can be the staff of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is verse 20. So Moses took his wife and sons and he put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. It is no longer his staff. So even when God is asking you and me this morning, what is in your hand? He knows what it is in your hand. But he wants you to toss it down on his, at his feet. Just like Moses did. Like the young man did with his two fish and five loaves of bread. So that God can multiply it to make an impact in your life in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Many times we look at others, we think they are more endowed than ourselves. But you know, God created each one of us in his own image and likeness. And the instructions that he gave to Adam, that subdue the earth, have dominion over, over the earth, over every creation that I've created. Oh, hallelujah. That commission belongs to each one of us. You are here that commission is part of what is inscribed in your staff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What I'm trying to say is this. Once, you see, we are born with some gifting. And God still converts those giftings. Sometimes he converts them now to become his own, your, your, his own staff. To help you break even, even the ground that cannot be leveled by anybody or cannot be broken even by anybody. Praise the Lord. He blesses it and multiplies to be able to supply food for 20,000 people. 5,000 men, not counting women and children. That is God. God can do it. Amen. This morning. And I'm asking myself, what is it that God is asking me? To let go and throw it at his feet so that he can convert it to his own instrument. That can make a difference in my life and the life of my family, their life, in my workplace, in my business, in my interaction with others, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you see, anything others, about anything others, because that's the excuse we give. But remember, I've referred you to Ephesians 4. It does not describe any category that was not give, given and gift. So whatever gift you have been given... God knows he has given you a small gift. And the Bible says, for, to those who are given more, more is expected. And therefore do not envy those who think I've got more. Because they will be judged at a higher, with a higher degree of judgment. Because they have been given more. Remember the talent. One was given, how many? And the other one? Two? And the other one? Was the one who was given one talent asked to account for 20 or 10? It is only the one who was given 10 that was asked to account for 10 talents. The one who was given one, God required an accounting of one talent. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, when we are given much, much is required in return. And when someone has got has been entrusted with much, therefore, even more will be required. This according to Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Because Moses was only given a staff, God required the accounting of only that staff. Not about the riches in Pharaoh's kingdom or in Pharaoh's, 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 uh, Pharaoh's estate. God only requires us 
to account for the small road that he has given to us. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, wants us not to, to any the teachers. Because uh, those who teach would be judged more harshly. And many times that was, and me, I'm not a prophet. I am not like a Joshua. So uh, what can I do? You can imagine the small boy with two fish and five loaves of bread could have said, me, I'm not Peter. So Peter, because he's older than me, and he perhaps is more endowed, he should be the one to produce his own loaves and bread. But I can imagine this boy going home at the end of the day and telling the mother, you know, the bread that you prepared for me actually is the one that fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Hallelujah! I'm trying to throw this to you so that you, you realize what potential that we are not exercising. God has given each one of us a lot of potential. And he knows the measure of that potential we might not know until we throw it down at his feet so that now he commands us to pick it up as after having converted it to his own potential. Praise the Lord. And God's potential, of course, can never be limited. Amen. In essence, God is saying that our spiritual power will draw from our personal calling and vocation, the staff in our hands. When God calls, He intends to use the staff in our hands, not the one that we have borrowed from anybody, or not the one that we see in other people. He actually means what we are holding in our own hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So each one of us has at least one gifting. None of us has got nothing. And each will give an account of the stuff in our own hands. Not the stuff in anybody else's hand. Praise the Lord. You know, some of us, uh, uh, we are not born preaching. We had to learn that God has called us to teach His Word. We had to try. And then we realized there was potential. You see people getting a bit excited. Then you know, ah. I, I remember one time I went with a senior government officer to our, and he, he also actually was almost forcing me to make the presentation he was supposed to make. And I tried to encourage him. And when he made it, in the middle I could see people clapping. That man developed such courage that you could not imagine. It's only me who knew that he was afraid initially of making that presentation. That's exactly what God wants us to do. To exercise what the authority that he has given unto us. Praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 3 verse 6, Peter and John coming from the prayer room or from the temple. And they meet this beggar at the gate, of course, at the entrance to the temple. And Peter said, the beggar is asking for money. And Peter perhaps could have become angry with this, uh, with this beggar. How can you ask? I'm, uh, I'm like, uh, we used to call them hermits, eh? I'm a hermit. I don't work anywhere. I, I used to fish. Now I don't fish. I'm actually a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I've got nothing. Why are you bothering me? But Peter, something came to Peter and he said, you know we don't have any silver or gold. But what we have is what we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Praise the Lord. And perhaps part of what God is uh, expecting you to account for is just the gifting of kindness. Or the gift of kindness. You go, you see, you find somebody there distressed. You encourage them. The following day, they are shining and up and about. Praise the Lord. And God does not expect you, if he has not anointed you, to speak prophetic utterances. He does not expect you to do it. He expects you simply to go and encourage that brother who is bedridden. 
that brother whose job has been, you know, like uh, declared redundant and therefore is jobless, that brother whose wife is giving him trouble or that wife whose husband is giving her trouble, that's exactly what God, that's the stuff God is expecting you to account for. It is not those big things that we are looking at. Like Peter, Peter knew he did not have gold and he knew this man was looking for gold. But he said, I'll give you what I have nevertheless. I don't have gold or silver, but I have Jesus Christ. And therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And perhaps that's what some of us are called to do. Just to encourage people, you tell them, you can walk yet again. Even if you, you, you feel like you are crippled. Even if you, look like, you feel like you are useless. You can walk yet again and make an impact. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, we read this when we are taking the Holy Communion. The Bible says, Paul was speaking, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this my body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Paul makes it very clear that you can only give what you have. It's not what you do not have. You don't have to worry. Paul again in Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy 2. He said these things that I have committed to you in the presence of many witnesses. Commit them to other faithful men and women who will also be able to do the same to others. Praise the Lord. It is what we have in our hands. It is what God has given to us. So Paul is saying, he's telling to Timothy, he's telling Timothy, have, you, know, the, the, you know, these things that I've told you in the presence of many witnesses. People have heard me tell you this. I'll give you an example, something that I just, I'm just remembering. That one man, the pastor now who is the home church pastor of the church we used to pastor in Botswana, was actually a backslidden brother when we were there. And he used to come to church. And I would tell him, the mother would come to me and tell me, Pastor, do not forsake my son. She would never share details. My wife knows. She would not share details. She was born again, the mother also. They are Zimbabweans. And the mother would come and tell me, please do not forsake my son. He needs you. And I'm entrusting him to you. Take care of this man. I did not know. The man would come for prayers late. So one time I remember he came with a, a lady. You don't know. Not born again at midnight. I think we were crossing the new year. Something like that. And no, he could not explain where they are coming from. That's not the, the wife. We knew the wife because the wife was a member of the church. This is a kind of brother. And when I used to tell him, my brother, you have, a, 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 you have the calling of a pastor. And he would just laugh and say, little did I know that this man was actually a trained pastor. He had gone to Bible school. But because he had backslidden, he had uh, decided to cover that. And one time my father passed on. Just before the year we left Botswana in 2006, January, my father passed on. And I, as I was preparing to come and bury him, the church was meeting in our house to encourage us. And I, I invite, actually it was Brother Muda. And Brother Muda is speaking and he said, Muruti, of course I've told you Muruti means pastor. And he was calling this man like this Muruti. And this man came to me, he said, why is he calling me Muruti? And I said, but he's confirming what, exactly what I've been telling you. In, a, in, in short... This man was sleeping on his own staff. He did not want his staff, his staff to be revealed. The moment we left, 
We left a Muswana man to be in charge of the church. But they had also noted the gifting in this man. And they encouraged this man, this man, to cut a long story short, is their home church pastor now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But what do we do? Do, do we see? What do we do? Do, do we do? God is seeing. I, he said, I see something in you. I see something in you. But many of us, we look at the Bible and say, no, 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 it's not your time. You don't have one. You know, we, we actually want to sit on other people's giftings. And it's a tragedy. Because this is not the mind of God. The mind of God is to stir one another so that the giftings can be revealed. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that these giftings, all these gifts have been given for the equipping of the church, for the work of the ministry. And there is no competition because when you have your staff, I have my staff, my staff only tells my story. Your staff tells your own story. And the staff of so and so tells their story. Let us encourage them so that these staff can be revealed and they can throw it down at the feet of Jesus Christ so that Jesus can convert it into their, to his own staff so that the church might be full. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! When all of us, or each one of us, is doing our small bit, because that's exactly what our staff says, the church will be vibrant. We'll have prayer warriors because we have encouraged them, because the prophet knows he might not be a prayer warrior. The teacher knows he might not be a prayer warrior. The pastor knows he might not be a prayer warrior. But somebody has a staff which is inscribed prayer warrior. Oh, hallelujah. They must be revealed for the church to be alive yet again. And for the church to turn the world upside down yet again. Like it happened, of course, during the time of the first church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Many times we want to give God those things that do not cost us anything. You see, Moses did not know what God would do with his stuff. You know, you can as well throw your stuff to a brutal person and they burn it or they cut it into pieces. But Moses nevertheless risked. And he threw it because it's God speaking. He threw it at his feet. It cost Moses. Because at in the, in the transition period between the time he is being told to throw it down and the time he is being told to pick it up, he does not know whether it will be thrown into the fire or what would happen to it. We have to take a risk. If God is speaking to us this morning, it does not matter what your friends tell you, even the prophetic words, the so-called prophets, the fake ones out there have told you, you, you are not gifted in anything. And your parents have told you, you know, you, you stammer. Don't try to, to speak in, 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 in the presence of other people because they will laugh at you. But God is telling you, throw it down. The same Moses had to be given. God did not change his stammering, but he gave him a mouthpiece. You can imagine Moses actually all of a sudden became a boss. And don't forget, Aaron was actually Moses' elder brother. He was not the younger brother. And Moses is being told now, I have raised your brother Aaron to be your mouthpiece. He will be your prophet. You speak. He picks the words and he translates them 
into something that the multitudes will understand. Praise the Lord. And it worked well. For some of us, our stammering will be sorted. And will not stammer as long as we are uttering the oracles of God. Praise the Lord. I'm speaking this in Jesus' name. Because I, can, I have an experience. A young man called Desmond. And I've told some of you this story. He came to our church. He was a stammerer. The moment God is using him to give prophetic utterances, the boy would speak like a machine gun. That's what God can do. So God can heal your stammering if you agree to throw your stuff down on the ground for him to convert it to his own stuff. Or he can give you a Moses. You see, Moses became a boss all of a sudden. And he's actually bossing his older brother. The elder brother just listens. And Moses says, tell Pharaoh that God has said he must release his children today. And Moses, Aaron just says, he does not ask your brother, his, his younger brother who told you I'm older than you. I mean, who does not want to become a boss even in the ministry? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord! Hallelujah! God can give you a mouthpiece. God can give you a mouthpiece. If you feel that you cannot speak what God says, throw your stuff down. God will give you direction after converting your own stuff to his own stuff. We'll be able to part the Red Seas in our lives in Jesus' name. Some of the reasons perhaps that some of our family members listen, hear the gospel every day. And they have not given their lives to Christ. Perhaps God is waiting for you to toss your stuff down. So that he can use it for his own purposes. Return it to you and tell you how to use it. And where to use it in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. I want us to get encouraged that each one of us has got something. That God wants to use for his own glory and honor in Jesus name. And as God gets glorified used through using our staff will also be glorified because everybody will remember this is a young man who produced the two fish and five loaves of bread the person who converted into food that was adequate to feed five thousand men not counting women and children is jesus christ he gets the glory but people will never miss to know that this stuff actually belongs to moses but god uses it because moses surrendered it to him in Jesus name I have told you before I knew I understood the things of the Lord my family now I'm happy because they are here they used to have a week they used to call week their debtor because I used to be so broke towards the end of the month that sometimes they will pick a bottle of you know you cannot uh, you, you cannot finish the debt or that bottle I mean and use two things used to be cheap so they just put debt in uh, mix it with water and uh, go 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 and then spit it out when I realize the God that I serve is the owner of cattle on a thousand hills my life changed because I surrendered everything to him in Jesus' name to, for his own glory and honor. And he has never let me down. I can say like David in Psalm 37 that I have been young, now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. Oh, hallelujah! I'm telling you my story. Oh, praise the Lord! And God taught me from the book of Malachi 3. We only read about verse 10, about uh, giving your tithes 
to the, to, you know, bringing your tithes to the house of the Lord. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says in the succeeding verses that God heard, he overheard the, his own children complaining. What is the purpose of serving God? We are just suffering like everybody else. And God spoke to them and he said, up to verse 18, you will be shocked when you realize what this scripture, the gravity of this scripture, these this scriptures. The Bible says, you will go, you will return. And you notice a difference between those who serve God and those who do not. And you notice a difference between the righteous and the wicked. That's exactly what God is about to do for each one of us the moment we surrender our stuff to him in Jesus name I can talk about this subject without end because I love it because I'm a beneficiary of this revelation the moment I realize that I can toss my life my worthless coins to the Lord and he converts them into wealth praise the Lord the moment I realize that I can toss down my wicked life on the ground for God to convert it to his own instrument of power and authority I have never regretted praise the Lord oh hallelujah oh praise the Lord and perhaps somebody who is in this congregation this morning at one time soon and very soon if you obey the voice of the Lord you will stand here and give a testimony of the stuff that you are missing by not surrendering that closet, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, to the Lord. For the Lord to convert it to his own property and multiply it so that you can move with it with glory like Moses. Like Moses, he moved with the glory of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Never mind sometimes he mess here and there. But the Bible talks about Moses as a mighty prophet of God. Praise the Lord. We need to toss whatever it is. The Lord is speaking to each one of us. He's speaking to me. There is something that you have not surrendered to him. And that's exactly what he wants. It could be your gifting. It could be your small... You know, some of you, it's actually even a small training. There are people with very small training who have made immeasurable impact in congregations or in communities. Because they have obeyed the voice of the Lord. It could be your masonry. It could be, it could be your masonry training, your, your, your bricklaying training. And you can actually transform people's lives using that, believe it or, or not. I'm speaking with the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God in Jesus' name. It could be your small bookkeeping experience. It could be anything, think about anything that you have been thinking it's not worth to be exposed in the kingdom of God. It might be the very thing that God wants to use for his own glory and honor. Because his power is made manifest. In our weakness. Paul said it. It is in our weakness. It's not on those strong things that we, people tell us, you are a good orator, you are a good what, you are good. It might not be those areas. It might be the area that actually you look at and you say, no, no, this one I'm ashamed even of telling people about. Because I'm not a master of anything. Praise the Lord. The Lord is speaking to us, brethren, this morning. And perhaps this church will be transformed. Because of whatever it is that the Lord is telling you to surrender and throw it at his feet. So that he can pick it up and convert it to his own stuff. And then tell you to pick it up now and move with it in Jesus name.
He will make a 